Hey friends, welcome back to another season of the Making Room on the Pew podcast, a podcast for the misfits and outcasts. My name is Bailey Welch Pomerantz, and I am your host here on the Making Room on the Pew podcast. Guys, we are back, and I am so excited, so excited, in fact, that I decided to drop a little surprise episode here on a Friday. Now, if you have been around for any amount of time, you probably know that we drop new episodes on Tuesdays. So we are coming back first week in March, Tuesday, and every Tuesday thereafter. We have some amazing guests set up. I've already started recording episodes for those. Um, And I can't wait for you guys to hear them. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, Before I hop into what I want to talk about today, I've got a little something I'd like to share with you. What a year 2020 was. You guys, I don't know about you, but the events and the trauma of the past 12 months have really taken a toll on my mental and emotional health. I feel bitter and hopeless and angry and grief-stricken, and I'm being selfish and unkind to myself and to others, and I don't like myself this way. When news of the COVID-19 virus first broke in early 2020, I was still nice and cozy in my cocoon of ignorance. I really limit the amount of news that I take in because I had a couple years where I was just having really bad panic attacks and the news wasn't helpful for that. So I, I typically don't watch a ton. I get the highlights from Sarah or from a friend, and I really try to stay away from it. But I remember the morning that I heard a news anchor call COVID-19 an epidemic, and I was genuinely shocked. I really was. I remember looking up for my coffee that morning, like eyes glued to the screen, as I watched the little ticker across my television screen tell me exactly how many people had already died from this illness. My wife, Sarah, kind of glanced over at me and reminded me that the virus was halfway across the world in Wuhan, China, um, thousands of miles from where we sat in our comfy house in the New Jersey suburbs. Little did we know that there were already people in America contracting this new mysterious illness. As I heard more about this virus, I became increasingly anxious. Not only was I anxious about the actual virus, COVID-19, but I was also terrified about the possibility of a return of severe panic attacks, which were often based in a fear of illness or death. I found a therapist, and I asked my doctor to increase my dosage of the miracle drug, Lexapro, which had given me back my life when I finally sought treatment for my debilitating anxiety back in 2019. By March of 2020, all of America was panicking, and with little to no federal leadership, my day job closed, and I worked remotely 
and part-time since the pandemic completely shut down New York, which is where the majority of our business is conducted. To be honest, I was actually really thankful for the extra mental and emotional space that job shift created. Our family was in the thick of accepting a possible foster-to-adopt placement, and this Enneagram 5 was craving less noise, less busyness, and more connection with my closest friends and family during that time. So Sarah and I began taking walks after I logged off work every day through our neighborhood. We stopped by church members' houses and kind of shouted across the yard at one another, exchanging hope that we would all be back in the sanctuary together again soon. There was something deep inside me that felt like anger every time I dared to hope that it was true that in two weeks or by Easter or Thanksgiving or Christmas, we would be back to normal. Now I know this was grief, this darkness that clouded my joy of a free summer evening. I think my body knew it before my brain did, that normal was a long way off, still is. As summer faded into cooler temperatures and trees let go of their leaves, I began to see jokes all across the internet about the disaster that 2020 had become. That's so 2020 became everyday rhetoric as we all began to long for 2021 in search of a COVID-19 vaccine, a transfer of power in the White House, and a general sense of more stability in our own lives and the world around us. We were so precious thinking that the solution to our problems could be the change of a calendar. It couldn't possibly be so simple, and it wasn't. Not only did COVID-19 not disappear with the advent of a vaccine, but white supremacy and racism and political divide didn't disappear with a new president in the White House either. Sarah texted me the news while I was neck deep in work after another round of furloughs due to COVID. Armed protesters stormed the Capitol, she said. What? I texted back. Like I said, I I don't pay a ton of attention to the news, and I had been off Twitter for a while, and I was so busy with work, I just I had no idea what had been happening that day in our capital, in the seat of democracy, on Epiphany. I drove home, mind racing, uh, listening to the Hamilton soundtrack, because first of all, everyone loves Hamilton, and, and second of all, because I was thinking about those founding fathers and what they would think about our country, where we are today, I just kept thinking about what they meant it to be, what our country is and isn't and what it could be and what it should be. And I was filled with grief because our country could and should be better than what I was witnessing that day. I could go on and on about what happened that day, about how I felt about it, maybe how you felt about it, what happened before, what happened after. We could talk for 
ever about that. And a lot of people have tried to talk for a, a long time about it, but I'm not going to because I don't need to. We each experienced that through the lens of our own life, um, our own experiences, our own beliefs. And you just don't need another person interpreting that for you. We all are witnessing it every single day. People destroying relationships and tearing apart communities in the name of Jesus. Friends bulldozing one another during political arguments. Families imploding over theological interpretations of what the Bible says about human sexuality. Churches breaking covenant with those they promise to care for over differing opinions of who should and shouldn't be allowed into leadership positions. The whole country is ripping apart at the seams over nearly every controversial issue. The 2016 presidential election did nothing to help, and the outcome of the 2020 election cannot automatically fix the problems rooted in hatred, anger, fear, and ignorance. People are hurting and leaving and dying, and all we seem to be able to do is scream our opinions louder at the tragic expense of our neighbors. It's time to make a change. It's time to lay down our pride and our weapons, whether they be words, guns, or the Bible, and settle in for hard conversations. It's time to gather around the campfire halfway between our camp and theirs and bring an open heart and a curious mind. I am longing for a community who prioritizes love over hate and people over theology, and I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. I'm pretty sure that's why you're here too, that we all are longing for a better way to live in community with one another. And that's what we're going to be doing here on the podcast for the third season. I can't wait to share with you the people that I have to come and tell stories with. Um, we have authors and we have other podcasters and we have pastors and we have all kinds of people because that's what this is really about is listening to one another even when it's hard, even when we don't understand, even when we disagree, I'm really glad you're here, and I hope that you'll join us every Tuesday here for the Making Room on the Pew podcast. So until Tuesday, I would like to share with you um, a little benediction on our way out. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Matthew 22, verses 34 through 40. Amen.
Okay, friends, thanks so much for joining me today on this episode of the Making Room on the Pew podcast. As always, you can find me on social media at Bailey Joe Welch and online at my website, Bailey Joe Welch Pomerance.com. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you are notified every time a new podcast comes out, which, like I said, will be every Tuesday. And I may throw in a couple extra episodes on Fridays, so seriously, go subscribe so you don't miss any of them. Also, if you wouldn't mind taking just a few seconds to rate and review on iTunes, it would really mean a lot to me. Doing those few easy things allows us to get this podcast in front of more people so we can all continue to make room on the pew.